let's create an inventory category called lost. Then when we find it, we can back it out and then we're good. So, okay. So, so they're, they're looking at all of these late orders. Yep. So what's missing? They're not looking at all at incoming orders, or shall we call them soon-to-be-late orders. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now, here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. Inventory and on-time delivery are two major factors that show that your processes may require transformational change. These issues could lead to long production meetings, chasing late orders or raw materials. They could also lead to ad hoc arrangements and process inefficiencies that might be the implications of the Band-Aid solutions implemented to cure short-term operational problems. Having accurate inventory and a controlled supply chain requires a holistic understanding of the processes and data. In today's episode, our guest Paul Bregel shares his insights into the operational challenges and quick fixes to deliver desired KPIs for a chemical company. He discusses the core challenges such as releasing the order to the production floor without checking the critical components and starting the setup operation and how inventory accuracy could impact the operations of a company. Finally, he shares his insights into why the ad hoc arrangements such as creating lost inventory may not be the best solution to fix your core problems. Let me introduce Paul to you. Paul Bregel is president of 4A Better Business, uh, an implementation-based consultant that helps companies rapidly design and implement large-scale changes in processes and technology, develop immediate, enthusiastic, buy-in to change, and achieve rapid improvements in productivity and support for growth. Paul founded 4A Better Business over 25 years ago and has deep experience leading process, technology, and cultural transformations in complex manufacturing businesses across multiple sectors, aerospace, automotive, and general industrial, both in the U.S. and internationally. Prior to founding 4A Better Business, Paul was in charge of new technology evaluation for the computer group at BP, formerly Emco Corporation, and managed overseas ship construction for Emco. He has a BSc from Webb Institute of Naval Architecture and an MBA from the University of Chicago Booth School of Business. He's a Lean Six Sigma Black Belt, ISO 9001 Lead Auditor, and has done coursework in group dynamics. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hey, Paul, welcome to the show. Hey, Sam, it's great to be here. I look forward to speaking with you and adding some value to your listeners. 
oh my goodness, my listeners are going to be so fascinated based on the kind of experience that you bring to the table. Obviously, it's going to be really compelling. Just to kick things off, do you want to start with your personal story and your current focus, Paul? Okay, great. So quick, I'm originally a naval architect and marine engineer, so dealing with very complex systems in building and operating ships. Yeah. Had a had an experience. I was hired by Amoco to manage ship construction in Spain at the ripe old age of 22. Yeah. Shortly thereafter, ship came in, main engine bearing failure. My boss gave me two words of instruction, fix it. <laughs> I had, it. Uh, so I had had no authority, no domain knowledge. I had no uh, no staff working for me. I was in Portugal. The ship uh, engine was built in Spain under license from a company in Denmark. And the two words ringing in my ear are, fix it. So went there. Management said it was the Dane's problem, so clearly no uh, support there. I went down on the floor, worked with the employees, listened to them, and together we worked out what really needed to happen. And the two takeaways that I had from that experience, yeah. uh, well, I looked back at that and said, okay, I'm 23, no authority, no no domain knowledge, no staff across language and culture and in a plant I've never seen before yeah. in overseas. This is, hey, this this works pretty well. And I took away from that two principles that are uh, a core piece of the focus that we have, which are one, employees are the world's experts at knowing what they actually do every day in yeah. their local process. Yeah. 90% of the issues that waste time and money are embedded in how all of those systems and processes work and yeah. work together. Yeah. And that is usually different than the documented system. And yeah. those principles have a huge bearing on effective prep for an ERP or an ongoing technology implementation. So I worked in the marine business. I was recruited within Amoco by the IT department because they wanted somebody who could think about things, not just follow a vendor's path. Yeah. And I left them in when I was in charge of new technology evaluation for the computer group globally. So lots of experience in looking at technologies and figuring out where they where they work and how they work and working with the people on the floor or in you know in the field who are actually doing that. Yeah. And then I left Amoco electively and started this consulting business uh, for a better business uh, more than 25 years ago with a focus on large scale process and technology change. Yeah. Really high employee engagement to increase productivity yeah. and support growth. And that's that's the focus that uh, that I ha currently have with for a better business. Okay, amazing. So it's going to be so much fun, uh, you know, discussing all of that. And I could not agree more, uh, you know, with your assessment there. The employees are definitely going to carry a lot in their head. And uh, typically, in my experience, when I work with the clients, I'm lucky if I can find any documentation. In your case, you simply found the disconnect between the documentation and what employee really knew. So obviously, that's a very big challenge in general 
for the ERP implementation, just reverse engineering that knowledge in the form of documentation is is a lot. So obviously, we are going right. to have a lot of fun discussing that, you know, with your stories, you know, how that went. But before we do that, we have one of these standard questions that we ask every single guest that come on the show. And that is going to be all your perspective on business growth. Yes, indeed. A fun topic. So what I'm really after in working with companies is profitable, sustainable growth yeah, yeah. with a couple characteristics, customer focus, process and execution capabilities. How do we do this and make sure that it happens so we can respond to challenges and take advantage of opportunities? So that's the that's in a nutshell uh, my view on growth and the ways to create that. And we'll, we'll actually talk about that a little bit more and we get, get to specific cases. Yeah, very cool. Love that perspective. So let's dig that, um, you know, right into your story. So I don't know if you are going to have any specific stories that you might be able to offer here. So, you know, maybe describe a business that you were working with. You know, what kind of business are we talking about? Describe their business model a little bit. You know, how many different customer channels it had? What kind of products did they produce? And then, uh, you know, what was the phase? Why they went through this whole transformation or maybe ERP implementation? Do you want to pick a story? Let's start with a chemical company. Okay. So this has this has a lot of hair on it. Okay. I like uh, it. <laughs> chemical with hair. Just, so there's a, there's a private equity company. Okay. Private equity port- portfolio company. Okay. Uh, typical story. Founder grew it to... 30 million and then went off to uh, fish on Eagle Lake, right? And they brought in a uh, Fortune 500 exec to be the CEO. He did a really good thing and bought a company more than twice their size. But of course, then you have to run that, which wasn't his forte. Brought in a big consulting company in a year. They hadn't done, so they wanted to do an integration. And the consulting company was charged with that in a year they hadn't done it. Okay. And the call that I got was 50% on-time delivery. When can you be here? And the backstory on the technology piece is they, like many companies had not kept their, kept their ERP software up to date. So vendor says, we're not going to support that anymore. Okay, fire drill. Okay. Uh, in with one of these companies, so one of these companies that they bought, yeah, had had made a choice to select a particular uh, ERP system. Okay. And so they're trying to tra- tra- trade off between: do we take the existing vendor's new system or the system that's been implemented by this sister company? Uh, they chose to implement the system by the sister company and made some interesting choices. So the first was we're going to shut that location down. Okay. And the second was we're going to make those people at that location that's going to shut down do all the system design and setup yeah. for yeah. the headquarters location. And then those people will be fired. So figure, <laughs> do the math on how how well that system is going to be set up for what they what they really need yeah they had an apple system 
Okay. They had a Windows system. The person who controlled that was part of the uh, founding family, and he had control of all of the information, all the passwords, everything, and all everything was registered in his name, and he didn't want to do anything. So okay, okay. so <laughs> so now now we all right the, the the parallel story with the company is. They had never actually done inventory. Yeah. Never. And so you know what their inventory looks like. It's, yeah. it's a mess. 90% of the uh, product was in location A1A huh. in the e- ERP system. Okay. And that was that was pretty reflective of what they had out on the floor because they didn't have – they had only a small part – of the warehouse that had labels on locations. The okay. rest was just piles of product in unlabeled locations. So <laughs> so we have a real issue and they're at 50% on time delivery. Right. So we need to get to that really quick and having a try, trying to fix the fix the ERP system. Yeah wasn't really an option at that point right. because the customers are leaving. Yeah. I mean, you're just, you got to get this back to some stability. Right. So we went through and, uh, and took those, took those two principles that the employees of the world's experts and 90% in the system, which is different than what's documented. And by the way, this, there was no documentation here. Right. So we went through and did a front to back, top to bottom uh, process capture. Okay. We call that a visual twin. Yeah. And as we do that, uh, I mean, the first the first step is to get employees bought in, right? Because yeah. if we don't have their knowledge, yeah, that that is the system right now. So we have an approach that 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 we use uh, first, no fault. They're the world's experts. Yeah. We're going to work with them to build this visual twin, and they're part of the solution. Right. So, right. so with that approach, and you got to stick to it. But with that approach, we get buy-in right away. So as we go through this, all the things that really—I mean, we're capturing the real process. So all the things that really needed work, yeah, came out, and we—and the, the other part of this is fix it right away. Don't make a list and say, you know, this is the as is. And yeah. sometime yeah. down the road, we'll get to the 2B. Uh, and we got them to uh, 87% on time. Interesting. With process and execution. Okay. And the interesting thing, part of that, part of that comes, well, the, the, the next phase of that was, okay, now we, now we need to address the ERP system. Yeah. So big push to get all of the inventory in shape. Right. So CFO says, I need to do inventory in three weeks. Yeah. And I had an ongoing battle with him because he wanted to do inventory way earlier when we didn't have anything in any system in place and we'd have to do it again in two weeks. So we did the, uh, he said he wanted to do it in three weeks. So I engaged one of my technology partners who has the same approach I do, which is get it done. Yeah. 
Don't talk about it. Get it done. In th- in three weeks, we fully lined out the warehouse, got got all the wireless in. Yeah. Trained uh, trained all the employees, designed an inventory system, trained all the employees, and in three weeks we had a fully electronic capture of all of the production inventory and a 100% inventory accuracy. Nice place to start. But we were still at 87% on time. Next phase, build the information into the ERP system. And we we did that. Uh, there was a, a, uh, a VAR that was involved with this particular software. Okay, and they came in and said, "Well, here's here's the way we would approach this." And we said, "Well, we've already done all that front end stuff. Very so let's, cool. Let's just let's focus on the implementation and execution based on what we actually have." Right. And using that approach, we actually got the system done six months sooner than the VAR projected was possible. Okay. And the support for all that was huge buy-in from the employees. So as we're tra- as we're training them, yeah. they get why we're doing this. Yeah, and they get that they are going to be the major beneficiaries. Yep. of this because uh, you know if you're at fifty percent on time delivery, it's going to it's a tough environment. You know, yeah. things get issued to the shop without all the material. You're constantly changing and revamping. It's a mess, but because we had their buy-in, they picked up the they picked up the training, and then at the uh, at the cutover, yeah. Uh, so we we did we did a great job of the prep and okay. all the things that you know I'll talk about later. But you always have some issues, and we had gotten them so far along the line of seeking improvement, okay, not just continuous seeking that I was concerned that as we did the cutover, they were going to find the inevitable glitches that are still there and they were going to try to fix them. (laughs) So now we have bad data in the ERP system, which is really tough to root out. So uh, I I gave them a challenge. I I gave each of them a, uh, what I call a a, uh, good stop certificate. Yeah. And in that, the deal was if they run into anything, don't do everything that we've actually trained you to do. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Stop. Tell us. We will find it. We will fix it. And for that, we will give you a sticker on your good stop certificate. So the net cost of that system was like $18.42. But it had an absolutely remarkable effect on actually having them identify those issues. So we we could fix them, and the the net of the net of all of the pre prep for this major change to the ERP yeah was we were able to do the the uh, complete cutover so yeah. every part of the operation processed at least one transaction through their uh, through their location on the floor in the office everything. The the whole cutover was completed in four hours. Oh wow, <laughs> that's massive. And, and it, it's uh, it was. I, I mean the 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 uh, so at the, at uh, at that point or 
kind of midway through what that that uh, transformation they had actually hired a uh, chief operating officer yeah i was pretty much acting as that but that's not my you know hiring in was a different issue and uh he was just stunned at the the buy-in that he saw the process change that he saw the way people reacted to the technology yeah he said i i I've never seen that before. <laughs> and and it and it all came from starting with what how do things really actually work? You know, the recognition. Employees know that. We need to get that. I mean, part of the no fault was, you know, nobody is we're this is about company growth. Yeah. We're not looking we're not looking for low performers. We're not even looking for low hanging fruit. Yeah. That's a whole different we're we're looking for large scale how do we want this business to run yeah and part of the part of the outcome so went from 50 percent on time delivery to 96 percent on time and took 22 percent out of the inventory at the same time pretty nice result for the for the company and uh as i mentioned this is a private equity portfolio company yeah and they with that in place so uh, okay with that in place, they sold the company for a very high above market multiple. Along the way, as as we're getting processes sorted out and taking cost out, yeah, we we still have this ERP system dysfunction. Yeah, uh, and so as we what we what we did there is as we came around to uh, functions that would really dependent on the the way the ERP system was configured. I mean, lots of things are, but the, there were things like, uh, uh, you know, part numbers and, and labels, you know, automatic generation of things that we were able to resolve as we went through without a lot of pain and hiccups and without having to go and go back and rework things. Yeah. Which is which is absolutely huge in any of these. So so that's the, that's that that's the one 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 of the stories. Yeah. So very interesting. So obviously there are a lot of layers that I would like to touch on the story to make sure that our listeners are able to follow along. So number sure. one thing, obviously, you know, you did a lot, great results. Kudos to you. Wonderful. Uh, so one of the things that I would like to touch on is. When you were at the 50% uh, on-time delivery, uh, at that time, one of the key decisions that you made is, you know what, we don't really have time for the ERP. Uh, but, you know, so you didn't decide to go for that. But then uh, what you mentioned is before actually going for the ERP, you were able to bring the results from your 50% to 87% just because of the, you know, whatever uh, process change that you made uh, in the processes. So let's do a little walkthrough. Right. So number sure. one, we don't know the core issues. I know that you mentioned that inventory was all over the place. Inventory was not really labeled correctly. The way it was indeed, uh, you know, ERP system wasn't, uh, you know, functional. Then you didn't have the the support for the ERP as well. So that was a major challenge as well. So describe why you had the 50% on-time delivery in the first place. And secondly, what you did through the manual steps before making technology changes to be able to get 87%. Right. Sure. Okay. So, so the, the, every single area of the company yeah. was affected. Okay. Everything. 
Okay. Uh, so let's start at the front end. Okay. They, so they're at 50, I, I walk in and they're at 50% on-time delivery. Right. So what, what I see is a daily production meeting. Yeah. That is now extending to three hours. Okay. Including all of the top level management, except the CEO. Okay. And they spend the whole, I mean, all three hours going through all of the orders that were late. Yeah. And what they thought they could do about them. Interesting. And and part of that is various people, I can only say, wandering through the warehouse yeah. in the yeah. morning. Yeah, that's very common. <laughs> to to try to find product and Inventory. then in the meeting you know they would say oh for that one i saw that so this is a, this is a chemical especially chemical company i saw that drum around you know that that aisle that ends in the that the, the, the oh. <laughs> I, I saw a barrel there this morning so i think we've got at least some of the raw material and the whole, I mean, the whole conversation went this, and, and, and they would, they would lose information. I, I, you know, a little bit of tales out of school, but it's it's relevant. At one point, they lost, they they had this phenomena of we can't find the the material. Oh, we just found it. The, somebody proposed seriously proposed, let's create an inventory category called lost. Okay, <laughs> because. Then when we find it, we can back it out, and then we're good. So okay, so so they're they're looking at all of these late orders. Yep. So what's missing? They're not looking at all at incoming orders. Yep. Or shall we call them soon to be late? Yeah. Orders. And the the uh, and and I. Uh, <laughs> Okay, I was I wasn't there to to fire people and you know, but I I said look we need to look at okay let me back up even more they they had they had let themselves uh, customize a lot of things to customers okay so there were three basic areas there was there was packaging there was shipping and there was labeling okay. So they had uh, uh, 650 products or something like that. And so if you multiply that out, it's like 1,800 opportunities yeah. for specialty, specialty, about 70%. I mean, the, the actual specials were about 70% of that. And none of that was recorded. That was in the head of the customer service manager. Some of that was in the head of the uh, operators. Some of that was uh, production supervisors. Yeah. So none of that. So one of the first things was let's, let's get that clear because if we don't know what we have to do up front, our chance of getting out at it on the back end is zero. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, as we started looking at processes, uh, we discovered there was uh, 400,000, I think was the number of invoices that had already been cut the product was already out the door, yeah. but they hadn't been sent because they had to be checked. Whoa. <laughs> this is... That's know, amazing. That's brilliant. This is, <laughs> this is, this is crazy. Yep. Uh, and, and so 
Okay, so first we have to capture that. Then we have to make a commitment to look at that. Yeah. As part of the meeting. And and I'm you know, they're they're continuing three hours and it's getting longer and longer. And I'm saying, look, we need to start with the start the meeting with the orders that came in. Yeah. Radical concept. <laughs> Finally, as sometimes happens, you need you need an event to prove it. Yeah. They had an order from they, a lot of their shipments were domestic. They had an order from Europe, had to go in a special uh, on a special pallet in a in a container. They didn't look at the order until three days before it was due. And when they looked at it, they didn't have any of the special pallets. They had the the material, didn't have any of the special pallets. Yeah. Uh, found a company that could build them. The company shipped the pallets in, uh, so they're sitting on the dock. They're, all the raw material in the plant was in the back of the plant, so yeah. flow was horrible, uh, including all the pallets. So pallets come in first shift, then, then the uh, second shift supervisor comes in, sees all of these pallets yeah. sitting right in the front and says, this is great. I don't have to go back and you know, pull out the stuff from the back. He puts all the outgoing product on those pallets, ships them out. <laughs> the, the existing pallets won't fit in the container. Right. And they try to, you know, shoehorn things in. It ends up with the the uh, <laughs> the production manager just leaving and the customer service person sitting on the side of the shipping area in tears. Yeah. Okay. Now do you see why we need to look at the <laughs> at the upfront things? Okay. So now we're looking at now we get that settled, and then okay, the next piece is looking at production scheduling. Yeah. Well, how 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 are we doing that? Yeah. Well, turns out we're we're doing that once a week. Okay. And and considering that that's a that's what really that's really all we need. So that that's that's an issue. Yeah. And, and then, as part of the uh, part of looking at orders, or not looking at orders, yep. so now here comes an emergency which has to go ahead of everything else. Yeah. And as it goes out to the floor, uh, they're not doing any. So this is a this is part of their ERP issue. They're not doing any allocation of that material. Okay. So two three days later, oh, and and, and this is <laughs> this is like random access. Two or three, the, the, their production system is all manual. Okay, and it can take a week to a week and a half to get the information about what actually happened. Yeah, uh, they have the supervisors reviewing those, so yeah. it's not their, you know, it's not in their interest. That's a, that's a task beyond. They're trying to deal with this chaos out on, out on the floor. So they are repeatedly issuing orders to the floor for which they don't have material. Yeah. And they won't discover they don't have material until they're partway through the setup. And so now we have to break it down. Take all, and, and an order can be 50 or 60 drums of raw material. Yeah. So you have to pull that out of someplace. Yeah. Now you have to put it all back. Yeah. Get the new order for 60, 80 drums and the 60, 
80 finished products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so that information is getting in there, is not getting in there on a timely basis. It's all handwritten. Yeah. So you can't, I mean, all the, all the errors associated with that. So now, now we need to find, find the place where we can pull on that string and get things working better. Yeah. So one thing, one thing I did because (laughs) they were also having an argument with the ERP vendor at this time. Okay. Because the company that they shut down, that company actually started a competing company and had the primary vendor relationship, you know, relationship with the, with the VAR. So we, we couldn't get anything there. So I actually built a small scale, limited function, not exactly ERP system, but at least in, in materials control. Okay. That they could use to see what the, what they were doing when they were shipping things out. So they didn't have the, the, the chaos continued and, and they're, they're a little bit resisting the, the real things that need to happen, including with the ERP system. Yeah. And, uh, so eventually the frustration gets high and they say, yes, okay, <laughs> help us fix this part and we will actually listen to you. Yeah. And then, uh, so we had to, we had to train people to be able to issue orders to the floor. And that eventually, so again, lots of strings to pull on. Eventually we, uh, we were able to, and this, this was actually after the, uh, after we did the, the inventory, we, we were able to, uh, restrict orders with well, two things, allocate material to orders yeah, and restrict orders from going out on the floor before they had all of the material. So where does that leave us? So we had, we, we had operate, we had issues with operators. Okay. Uh, the, the main operator trainer was somebody who had been with the company for two months. Yeah. They moved all the equipment from the shutdown location to the headquarters location, but that was a make to stock operation. Right. And the headquarters was make to order. Yeah. And they disposed of most of the equipment from the, from the remote location. Yeah. So now they had production instructions that referenced the remote locations equipment and process. And they didn't have that equipment. So actually, again, the employee, the employees are the world's experts. Yep. The savior for all of that is the employees did know what they were doing and, and they were able to take those orders and actually produce the product according to what was needed. It was, it was amazing. So it wasn't the case of, oh, the employees aren't doing this right. You know, we can't try. We got to. The employees were the savior of the system, and that yeah. included their existing production instructions, which hadn't been updated since they were created. So we're talking 15 years, but they knew what had to be done. Yeah. So yeah. in the in the process of fixing all this, so now we instituted a system 
that as they were making these products, uh, they would update the production instructions. Those could be reviewed by engineering. And we had a systematic way of getting product information updated as we went through it without stopping the whole operation and trying to do that in one fell swoop. <laughs> so so uh, th- there were there were a lot, a lot of things, especially chemicals. So they had some biological requirements. They didn't know in that three-hour meeting uh, which products had biological requirements and testing. Yeah. So that took another two days before you could ship it out. Yeah, that could be fun if you missed those. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, and then, and, and then they're getting product returns. And oh, in the middle of this, the major customer said, we want to we do an audit of your operations, which had ne- they had never had a customer audit. Okay. So what we were able to put in front of them was the, essentially the visual twin, yeah. warts and all. Yeah. But you could see, here's the way that we're resolving those things. And then as, that, as they get resolved, and that can flow into, into setup in the ERP or new, new practices there, they're delighted. They had never, had never seen something like this. And uh, it just changed, it changed the way they saw the company. Because all they saw was, we're at 50% on-time delivery. That's been the case for three months. What are you doing? Yeah. And we, we were able to demonstrate quite clearly, this is what we're doing. Here's how this is happening. Here's the results we have already achieved. Yeah. And here's the path to, uh, to achieve the others. So one of the, I mean, one of, one of the, the, the takeaways for this, uh, and, it, and it's true for the ongoing and ongoing digital transformation process. Yeah. MRP and all of the other uh, software that may be introduced as part of that. Yeah. That, that upfront, well, first, I mean, first you really need to know what are your objectives here? Yep. What are, what are we trying to accomplish as a company? Who do we want to be? And in, in very clear terms. Yeah. And then you can, you can start on this, such a visual twin of what you have and overcome all the, this issue of, you know, no documentation or documentation doesn't match. And you can actually with that fund the technology investment. So it's a, it's, it's not a, it's not, it's not a nice to have from a technology implementation phase. It's an essential to have. And the incentive there is you, you take cost and time out of out of the process so a lot of a lot happens happens more often than we'd like management so let's say we're okay we need we need an erp system that's a decision they make and and they have this illusion that the documentation that they have or the understanding that they have uh, really reflects what they actually do and if you say well the documentation doesn't reflect what you actually do. Uh, you'll, you'll be challenged to say, well, you know, I, that there may be some anecdotal things, but I don't think there's anything, anything big here. Well, right. when you look at it, let's, let's take four key pieces. Yeah. I mean, one yeah. is the existing IT environment itself. So, okay, it, it probably doesn't meet 
the business that they have now. Yeah. Whatever it was when they got it. But they expect the employees to produce. doesn't matter that the system doesn't really meet the needs. So what are, yeah. the, what are the employees motivated to do? Work around. Find a way to get it done. And what does that mean? Proliferation of Excel files. I mean, that's we're gonna we're gonna get this done one way or the other. Yeah. So you have all these individual Excel files. Yeah. Uh, that nobody knows about. You know, some people some people closer to it know about it, but there's not general knowledge that this is the way things work. Right. So I, I mean, by by example, we you were working with a company and they were having a lot of trouble with a particular process. Yeah. So looked yeah. at what they said they did, and it was like six boxes in a in a uh, process flow well, it doesn't some something here doesn't right. doesn't smell right right and we so we went after it uh and what we found was actually there were nine different functional areas that touched that process there were 120 legitimate process steps yeah and we found two databases that were not known and three Excel files that were not known. Very okay. cool. Go go after that. So the IT environment, I mean, it's a it's a prime place where people are doing workarounds. And if yep. and by the way, if you don't do the front end process for the new system, yeah, and get yep. the employees engaged and find out that knowledge, you're you're going to have exactly the same thing. People are going to start workarounds on day two. Right. They say, oh, no, nobody asked me that way. This software doesn't do it. So day two, I I have I'll just change the name on my existing sheet and change a couple of columns and we'll be good. So IT systems is one ineffective capture of the existing process. So I, I mean I've, I've seen companies that just all they did is documented the good case. Yeah. And if things went wrong, everybody's you know everybody's on their own to figure that out. It's kind of a reverse. 80 20 rule. Yeah. Maybe it, maybe the process works for 80% and the other 20% is where people are spending 80% of their time. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, by the way, this has a big impact on attracting and retaining employees. <laughs> Nobody wants to work in that environment. Great, great, great. They, they, they absolutely don't. So, I mean, there's, there's ISO systems are a particular sore spot because they were written to satisfy the they don't actually do it that way so now you use that as the basis for uh designing your you know configuring your erp system or even selecting it yeah and you you end up with a lot of uh of issues growth is an issue so if you've grown significantly the <laughs> And and you're still running, by the way. So you're you're meeting your growth. The but but you haven't done anything with really understanding what the new process is by which you do that. Yeah, I mean the, the process exists. People have figured out how to do it. Yeah, however painful. But nowhere is that known, and the kind of interactions that need to happen. Approvals, reviews, interactions, you know, something that was done by one person is now being done by three or worse. One department is now being done by three. So you just have a mess of process that's there, but you, you don't, you don't know about that. And, and then finally, 
just in major categories, there is management of change. So if if people don't, if you don't haven't created an environment where people look for change and want to make want to implement all the things that are associated with that training and coordination between departments and and, and ultimately the documentation. Again, so, you have a system that doesn't you you don't it doesn't reflect what you what you actually do or the, the documentation doesn't. Okay, amazing. So we are close to our time now. Uh, you know, do you have any super short closing advice for our listeners? This is uh, the, these first two steps are really key of focus your objectives, and the second thing is really pursue this pre prep in depth so you get rapid buy into change, clear end to end process knowledge. You can use that to eliminate waste of time and money and provide funding for the technology, identify the right system and solution, and implement it quickly without hiccups and cost and time. And I would add one piece to that, which is if it takes you two years to do this, nobody cares. If it takes you a year to do this, nobody cares. If you do this in a matter of weeks and maybe months, which is our approach to this, this uh, what, I've, what I've described here, it, you get a dramatic change and you get reinforcement of all the buy-in that, uh, that has been created. And then you can identify, okay, here's the data we need. Here's how, how, uh, how we're going to use that and the yeah. governance pieces around that. And then you can use all of that to pick the right technology and the right solution. Okay, amazing. So my personal takeaway from this conversation is going to be prepare, prep, step is always going to be foundational if you want to be successful with your ERP implementation. So make sure you are not going to ignore that. On that note, Paul, I want to thank you for your time. This has been a powerful episode. Great, Sam. I'm uh, glad to to speak with you. And I know that participants got some something good out of it. And happy to provide that and uh, speak further with people as uh, they have interest. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sam. Have a great afternoon. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Paul, head over to 4abetterbusiness.com. It's 4abetterbusiness.com. Com. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Dave Chrysler, who shares his insights into the nuances of the cannabis market and value chain. Also, the interview with Rich Said, who describes his journey and the pitfalls of implementing six ERP projects throughout his career. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you and I hope to catch you on the next episode of the WBS Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. 
For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.